The Race Spec Esports Podcast is back with episode two. This week we talk about the F1 silly season, all your esports news. We have an interview with one of the drivers and we answer all of your questions. That's coming up. Welcome back everyone to Racebeck Esports Podcast number two. The F1 summer break is upon us. I'm your host Matt and with me is Plevs. Plevs, how is your summer break going at the moment? Um, I don't know about summer break because I live in Canberra so it's pretty cold here but <laughs> uh, yeah, missing missing Formula One. Um, can't wait till it's back. Uh, yeah, how's, how's your summer break going? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Kind of miss F1 a fair bit. The news has been mm. pretty sparse as well apart from the elephant in the room Albon going to Red Bull and there hasn't been too much really at all everyone I guess is on holidays enjoying themselves on super yachts and things like that so I guess um, what we're going to do in this podcast is talk about we'll go with Albon and then a little bit of silly season stuff then we'll move on to the esports chat and we'll have a bit of a chat about what's been going on with the esports as that's the the main part of, of what we do we're going to have an interview with Forty, who raced in the Elite Series and finished a very impressive third in a very wet Australian race. And then we're going to have a question section, uh, which we're going to answer some of the questions you guys put in the in the Discord chat. And there were some real good questions in there, so we're going to have a question section from now on. So uh, if you want to ask the, us a question, uh, we'll chuck it in the discord and we'll get to it hopefully i mean we did have a lot of questions so we're not going to get to every single one but we'll, we'll pick out the best mm. ones i guess yeah absolutely perfect all right well we'll move on to the real world f1 uh the biggest news was albon going to red bull and gasly going back to toro rosso uh what's your opinion on the whole state of affairs at red bull slash toro rosso um yeah look i don't think it's a it's the biggest shock in the world um i think anyone that's I've watched most of the races this season. I would know that Gasly was underperforming quite a bit in that Red Bull car, as well as Max is doing. Max has probably arguably, arguably been the best, or if not one of the best drivers so far this season. And like yeah, he's made Gasly look pretty, pretty second rate. Um, to be fair to him, so I think Red Bull on on form and performance could be easily second in the constructors' championship. So. Yeah, it's not really a shock to me that they uh, replaced him. Thirteen races is uh, that's a long time to um, to prove yourself. Yeah, I, I think I think it's probably the right call. I guess they really had to bite the bullet because they're so close to Ferrari and Verstappen has mm-hmm. literally been doing it all by himself. And having a second yeah, exactly. driver uh, is strategically so important. Uh, and just Gasly hasn't been anywhere near it. I mean, we I think we spoke about it on the last podcast that in Hungary, if Gasly had been closer to the front, that Verstappen could have won the race because he could have uh, gotten in the Mercedes way. It would have changed all their strategies. But only having Verstappen at the front really limited what they could do strategy-wise in the race. So it's really important to have someone who's going to be up there. Whether Albon is going to be able to do that, I have no idea. It'll depend mm. how he goes with the car, how he settled in. But for Gasly, I mean, I'm not sure how you come back from that. I mean, hopefully he goes okay in the Toro Rosso, but he could really he'll either drop off or step up, and I think we'll know in the first few races. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta think that his confidence is gonna be absolutely shot after that. So yeah, he'd be driving for his Formula One 
um, career for the rest of the season for sure. But yeah, I think I think Red Bull just thought you know they could neither of the Toro Rosso drivers could be doing any worse than Gasly, so um, it was always going to be worth worth the gamble. And um, they went with Albon, who has more upside than Kvyat. You'd have to say so. You can you could probably say that Kvyat won't be a, ever be maybe a top driver, top five driver, but Albon has that potential. So yeah, you can see why they ch- chose him over Kvyat in the end, even though Kvyat probably had the better results this season. Yeah, I think um, I, I mentioned it in the in the Discord chat that I thought Albon was a much better drive in Germany than Kvyat, but Kvyat ended up on mm. the podium and he was just fortunate that he was so far behind that they risked him and it paid off. That doesn't mean that he was a better driver on the day, if you know what I mean. We'll um we'll keep going with that topic because another thing I wanted to bring up is that it's a mini silly season, I guess, is that apparently Alonso was approached to take that seat and rejected it. Is that something you believe or you <laughs> think that's full F1 silly season out of control? I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility, but I think it's pretty unlikely given um, how Red Bull operate. I think they they usually try and promote drivers from, from within. So to go so far left field and get someone like Alonso who has basically retired from F1, I, I honestly don't think we'll ever see him in F1 car again. So, yeah, I I think that's probably fabricated, to be honest. Although, as much as I'd, <laughs> as much as I'd love to see someone like Alonso in the, in the, in the Red Bull, like if Max is winning races in it, then you could only imagine having a driver as good as Alonso in it as well. He's made no secret that he won't race again ever unless he can race for the championship. And coming in exactly. halfway through the season, you can't win the championship. So I don't really see the point. And yeah. it seems he's getting ready for, I think it was Dakar Rally. Is that right at the moment? So Yeah, I saw that making preparations for the Dakar Rally. And there's also the um, another reason why it's probably um, just made up is... Uh, you got to think that his relationship with Honda is pretty pretty much shot as well, so yeah. I can't see him um, wanting to come back. So another part of the off-season driver talk was Haas and what they're going to do with their drivers at the end of the season. I really can't see them keeping both, and uh, Gunther Stein was asked about getting a rookie driver considering how well the rookies are going this year. And I'll just read the mm. quote that he, he set out. He said, um, these decisions are actually very difficult to make. It's an opportunity, but it comes at a high risk rate. So it's more like a team. We could do it, but do we want to do it? Because I think, again, this year, if we had two rookies or a rookie, it wouldn't have helped us because we're a little bit lost where we are with the ties and the rookie doesn't help you. What's your opinion there? Do you think they're going to then go for an experienced driver who's already out there? And who could that possibly be? Um, well, I guess before uh, I, I answer that question, what I take away from um, that interview would be that they're, they're really struggling with the car. They've got to work on the car first and get it so it's switching on the tyres. I think that's their biggest issue. So it's, yeah. regard, um, it's really irrelevant who's in the car. It's more about them being able to improve the car, switch on the tyres. But as far as the drivers go, I feel like... Um, Grosjean has been underperforming this season and last season. I think some of the errors he has made over the last couple of seasons are pretty pretty big ones, especially for, for a guy as experienced as him. So I think he's on his last legs in F1. I think K-Mag will be there, and I think Grosjean's gone. I think they'll replace him with someone. 
Yeah, it just Grosjean makes so many brain explosion mistakes, and for a team like Haas, they just can't afford it. I mean, he's mm. he's exactly. he's crashed warming up the tires last year, and he crashed this year coming out of the pits. Like that's oh, the one in the pit lane insane. in uh, yeah at Silverstone that was. That was basically, yeah, he's becoming a bit of a meme, to be honest. Like, uh, like Ericsson hit me in the pit lane. <laughs> Ericsson hit me in the pit lane. <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, um, uh, I think his days are numbered. Something we discussed before the podcast is part of our silly season was we were going to list our grid for next year and then come back to it mm. next year and see how close we were. Uh, mm-hmm. have you, are you ready? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty ready, I think. I, right. I'm... Yeah. We'll just Do you go want to go through. first? Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll bring it down team by team and we'll say sure, who sure. we got right. and maybe a quick mm-hmm. explanation why. In terms of my list, I'm going to put a caveat that I've gone a little bit out there, but you never know. You never know. It is Formula One. Yeah. So yeah, Mercedes, I have Hamilton's locked and I've put Ocon in. I think um, just with all the talk that Toto's putting out in the media, I think Bordas will be going. They're going to bring... Ocon in. Uh, what about yourself? Okay. Yeah, I think I, I'm going to say they're going to stick with Bottas one more season. I don't think he's done too badly, and he's really strong at the end of last year. Basically, he's having pretty much the same season as he had last year. Like He's strong some races, getting poles, and um, looks like he can challenge Hamilton, but then other races, he's like nowhere near him and making mistakes, and I think he's just crashed a bit more this year. He he's exactly what they want, and and yes, I have replaced him mm. based on some of the language going on. But yeah, you don't. Do you really want two Hamiltons, or do you want the yeah. perfect wingman for Hamilton, which is what they have? So I wouldn't be surprised either way. So we'll go to Ferrari. Uh, Leclerc for me is locked, and I've Vettel retiring, and I've Ricardo activating his Ferrari clause and going to Ferrari. Oof, that is, that's massive. <laughs> yeah, as far as I know, both Ferrari drivers are locked in for next season. So yeah, Vettel is contracted, yeah. so he would it would be mm-hmm. a mutual thing that they did. But yeah, uh, whether he, I just see the second half of this season, Leclerc's gonna really put him to the sword, and he's just gonna go, I'm done. Uh, I don't think, I don't think it's gonna happen. But um, your um, your lineup is possible for sure because I think Ricardo does have that clause in his contract, and uh, him and Leclerc are pretty tight. I think they both live in Monaco and are good mates, so they would be a good team together. That could also cause friction though, because Ricardo would be going there to win the championship. So, but you do want two mm-hmm. championship-winning drivers, so maybe uh, Red Bull. I have Verstappen locked, and I'm keeping Albon again next year. Yeah, same. I think, well, Gasly's obviously not going to get his seat back, so it's going to be Albon or Kvyat, and I think they've made that decision already, so Verstappen and Albon is locked in, I'd say. Uh, and I just can't see anyone else taking Albon's seat. Like, who who, who else are you going to get? Crazy question, but I can't really... I was thinking about it. I'm like, I don't see anyone else but Albon, even if he goes a little bit better than Gasly, I think they'll keep persisting with him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I should add the caveat as well that if I mean, if album albums are as big a disaster as Gasly was, then they might consider someone else. I think Albon's not going to be that bad. I think he's going to be a bit better. So I think they'll go with him. 
caveat on the next bit. I just thought of someone then as I'm looking at the next one, Hulkenberg. <laughs> if album goes bad, they may offer Hulkenberg a, a seat because he is out of contract. But next mm. I have Renault and uh, I have Hulkenberg staying because they can't get anyone else. And because I've had Ricardo leave, I needed to fill his seat as well. And I'm going to go crazy and put Gasly in there. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that would depend on how Gasly goes the rest of the season at Toro Rosso, whether he's even in F1 next year. I've actually got him still at Toro Rosso, but my Renault drivers are the same for next year. So Ricardo and I think Hulkenberg will stay. But if someone someone turns Hulkenberg's head like another team, I think they've got Jay, Jack Aiken um, is their reserve driver. Yeah, oh, no. I do, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I need to double check that. I don't want to go out and say uh, that he is. <laughs> actually, actually, sorry. I think it's Sergei Sorokin at the moment, but Jack Aiken is their is their um, simulator driver, and he's in F two as well. So I think. I think yeah, I think that's more correct. I think he could be an option for them if Hulkenberg um, goes somewhere else. So. I did put the caveat that my lineup is a little bit crazy, so I don't want everyone <laughs> just to barrage me with abuse. But <laughs> Renault as well. I think it will depend on how Renault go. Uh, if Renault continue to really struggle, they're going to struggle to attract a driver as well because they saw what happened to Ricardo, and they'll be like, any really good driver is going to be, I'm not going there, especially if Ricardo mm-hmm. goes, it gets out. But we'll keep going. Uh, McLaren, yeah, sure. well, there we don't get a choice in that because Norris and Science are locked in. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just skip them. They are locked in for sure. Yep. Uh, Haas, I've Magnussen. We spoke about that before. Grosjean out, and I've put Bottas in because he's not at Mercedes anymore on my list. Oof. Actually, yeah, good call. If Bottas does leave, I think Haas would be decent. Um, I think Haas might be the only him. only choice for him. Maybe Renault. Mm. Maybe Renault. But maybe Renault. I think Haas yeah. would fit because they want an experienced driver, like we spoke about before, and he certainly got the experience to help him out. What about Red Bull? Could Bottas go to Red Bull? Uh, he, maybe, maybe. I don't know what maybe. the relationship is like there and mm-hmm. what's in Bottas's mind, really. Mm-hmm. It's a tricky one. He's not a super outspoken guy. So no, he's not, not sure. No. Not sure where he So you have K-Mag and Bottas. I've got K-Mag and I think they might get a new driver. So I... Don't really, I, as, as much as Gunter Steiner said he needs some um, experience, I, there's not really a lot of opportunity in the spots that are available for a rookie, and I think the Haas is definitely a spot that could be filled by a rookie, so maybe De Vries or Latifi mm. are doing, both doing well in F2, so yep. that's what I'm going with. We'll go to Racing Point. Uh, Stroll and Perez, I have them staying the same. Uh, yeah, I think well, Stroll's dad owns the team, so... And Perez um, comes with so much money, it's not funny. Yeah. And yeah. I think he's about to lock a deal, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, that's pretty set for us. So, um, I think it'll be Gasly and Kvyat, unless Gasly continues to be shocking. I don't know who they've got waiting in the Red Bull program that can come in, but uh, I think it'll be Gasly and Kvyat. Well, I'm subscribing to the rumours so I'm getting on board <laughs> I'm keeping Kvyat in there because uh, I think they'll want someone who's used to the team and then I'm mm-hmm. I'm rolling with the Japanese rumour that Honda wants 
uh, Yamamoto in and he's their most famous Japanese driver, probably the best Japanese driver or one of at the moment. He has a super license, so he does not need to go and obtain one. He's ready to go. Um, and he, yeah, he's Honda's number one guy. And since Honda are, are going okay now, I think they have a little bit more room to bargain with and they'll want him in a seat. And he, there's no seat at Red Bull. He's not good enough for Red Bull, but he may be good enough for Toro Rosso. Okay. Is he a young bloke or is he kind uh, of experienced? Or? He's, he's 31. Um, he's right, yeah. with Open Wheel Racing, but he's always been a Honda man and I think mm. you know, they'll just F1 is still a political sport and uh, I think the money talks and influence will mm. raise its head and he might find a seat cool um, alright well I, I feel like it's probably against the grain for the Red Bull program but yeah you, you never know if that's of the influence that Honda has that might come about it would just it'd be super super Harsh or get well, not harsh, but you know, like yeah, that'd be. Uh, well, I put Gasly in the Renault. <laughs> He's still around. <laughs> you did well. I, I've got him in Toro Rosso. Yeah. Go I mean, the the thing that sort of goes with it is I don't like where the Red Bull program is at the moment. They don't have mm. that exceptional. They don't have Vettel. They don't have Ricardo. They don't have that. Verstappen coming through not that I can see maybe maybe there's mm. someone I can't see and I'm missing something throw us comments or in the in the discord chat if you can see that person tell me who it is mm. uh, but yeah we'll move on to Alpha you go first on this one okay so Kimmy's locked in mm-hmm. I believe so it's really only if they retain Giovinazzi and I think they will um, unless like you say don't what they only <laughs> The only way he moves to another team is if Vettel retires and I don't see him moving straight to Ferrari after a season anyway. So I think that'll be Kimi and Giovinazzi again. Uh, yep, uh, going out there again. I've got Raikkonen in because he's locked in. Uh, Giovinazzi gets dumped uh, and they put Mick Schumacher in that seat because of the Ferrari Academy. Oh. So, uh he gets one. He's gonna go one go in F two. Bang straight into a seat. Sink or swim. Uh, mm. Maybe too soon. He probably needs another year in F two, and that probably is a little crazy. And Giovinazzi will keep his seat, but uh, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened, but uh, I don't think um, I don't think Mick Schumacher is doing that well in F two. Nah. <laughs> From what I've seen, so um, yeah, he's not like he's not like he's. Um, Sending it a light, I think. Well, De Vries and Latifi are definitely the standout drivers this year in F2, and and uh, Mixture Marcus somewhere mid pack, I believe. Yeah, hundred percent. Like he won his first race, and it was a reverse grid race, which is not that impressive to me because you happened to be at the front because you weren't on pole, sort of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's not going great, but politics as it is, you never know. Uh, we'll go to Williams. Uh, Russell locked in. And Russell's locked in. Yeah. Do you, who do you do you have uh, a new driver in there or not? Yeah, I got Ocon. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, if Ocon's so, not yeah. at Mercedes, he'll be at Williams. Yeah. Yeah, so I got I got I got Mercedes retaining Bottas, so Ocon. Goes. I put um, um, Latifi in there because he does have the Williams connection, and uh, he'll go there because I have Ocon at Mercedes. So. 
Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, I could, I could see both happening, to be honest. So, yeah, we'll just wait and see. Cool. So, wow. We nearly had everything different except um, Racing Point and... Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely I'm con- concerned that I'm going to be made to look really stupid. So. <laughs> but that's all right. That's all right. It's good talking points. Good talking points. All right, maybe maybe let us know in um, pod discussion who you think is most right out of me and Matt <laughs> with the driver lineup. So it would be interesting. Yeah, everyone can just smash me. That's okay. I have, I have a thick skin. All right, so that's going to sort of end our real world F1 category i guess you could call it so we'll move on to the esports part of the podcast just Mm -hmm. don't forget guys we do have the interview with 40 coming up later and we're going to answer your questions as well so i want to just talk about first the elite uh ps4 series opener we had that uh, on last sunday night uh, in australia uh how do you think it went and how did you go in that race uh yeah look i think it went really well it's really competitive field um got some pretty really quick guys in there so for people that are unfamiliar it's uh, we had a full 100 percent wet race so it was um yeah it was pretty difficult conditions to be driving in but uh it was um it would have been a good one to watch because there was battles all all the way through and i think that's going to be the case all, all season um knowing i know most of the drivers in that in the series pretty well so yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good race. If you haven't haven't watched it, you can go onto the YouTube channel and have a watch. Um, the microphone issues at the start of qualifying, but the race is, is fully commentated. By yeah. yourself, no less. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all of those races will be commentated by me. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was a good race to commentate on, definitely, and to watch. Um, there was midfield battles the whole time. F, F1 Amazing Hour ran away with the race, but... There was a lot of action in the midfield and an outstanding undercut um, by John Polinen to mm. he, he gained about four places on that undercut and it was really good when he came in. Yeah, I know John pretty well. Race, race with him before. He's, he's definitely going to be one of the front runners. It was super interesting. Yeah. I'd like to know if anyone wants to reveal uh, their setup or what they chose to do during qualifying because qualifying pace compared to the race pace was quite different. Mm-hmm. So I think a few people went a little bit too on the dry side during qualifying and a few went full wet and it definitely showed up in the race. I felt uh, everyone's willing to correct me if I'm wrong, the drivers who are listening to it, but it was, I thought that was an intriguing part of the of the broadcast. Yeah, absolutely. So um, having a dry quality and full wet race, I think, well, Personally, I think it's a, a no-brainer because you don't get points in qualifying, so you've got to set up set up your car for the race and just do as well as you can in qualifying, or at least that's my philosophy, but other people might value um, track position a bit more and go with a, a more dry setup or a hybrid of, of sorts that they can adjust kind of thing, but um, I went full wet and, yeah, I didn't do too badly in qualifying, I think. I think I got P7, but then was put up to P5, because a couple of guys had grid penalties after a collision, so I was pretty happy with that on a full wet setup. Yeah, it could also be that people aren't as practiced in that full wet as well. I know personally I don't practice too much in the wet or not as much as I should, and yeah, it could still happen that way with some of the more uh, professional esports drivers who race in a, in a lot of leagues and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what I, what I will say from commentating those is I think a lot of people... Kind of after after a poor start or maybe 
getting some wind, wind damage, thinking their race is over and kind of getting frustrated and, and leaving the session or retiring kind of thing when, um, yeah, they could have actually got a really good result because other people had issues later in the race as well. So for those guys listening, it's like it's it's not over till it's over and, and, and never give up. Uh, you never know what can happen. Like there could be a safety car that brings you back in. So... Yeah, leaving the races are never a good idea. Yeah, um, I've, I've yeah. had damage the last two races, and I haven't missed the points yet. So you could you could still pick up points. I mean, Absolutely. Curving Texas, who is leading our series, he uh, had an incident on turn one uh, of the first lap, which is where he got his penalty to come back to second. But he mm. he spun out to last and came first. So if you're you know. I suppose he's an exception because he, he's so fast that he can get past or get through the, the grid. But I'm by no means the fastest driver in our series. And I still, after two incidents, um, not necessarily being my fault, I still managed to get back up into the points. So, yeah, keep yeah. racing. And that's half the challenge. I mean, it's, yeah, fun. Exactly. it's fun trying to come back from that as well. Like, you don't always have to be at the front all the time. So. As we said before, uh, Forty came third in the Elite Series, so we, we've conducted an interview with him, and we're going to cross to that now, so I hope you enjoy the interview with Forty. Okay, so we're here with Forty, who's going to be our Driver of the Week, who we're going to interview and just have a chat to. How are you going, Forty? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm very good. Uh, so the idea of this is that every week we're going to have a chat to someone uh, within one of the series, whether it's Xbox, PS4, and PC, and you are the lucky guy who gets to go first. All right, looking forward to it. See what's on offer. Awesome. So first off, do you just want to tell us a bit about yourself, how long you've been racing, and how you got into it? Yeah, right. Um, I've been league racing since the start of F1 2018. And um, I raced on controller for about three quarters of F1 2018 and then switched over to a Logitech G29. And um, yeah, since then I've just been practicing and yeah, looking around for leagues and I found race spec. Yep. So yeah, they're all pretty, um, no, nah, I, f- I feel pretty confident on a Logitech and yeah, just trying to keep up, keep up with my pace so I can get some podiums or wins. Yeah, well, you're going pretty pretty good at the moment. I mean, uh, you came third in the Elite Series last week in the wet, so you've definitely got some skill there, that's for sure. Yeah, no, um, it's a tough race in the wet, but um, no, I always try my best to do a bit of practice for each race and, um, yeah, try to get the best possible result, I guess. Yeah, so a lot of people um, ask us about transitioning from controller to the wheel. How have you found that transition? Did it take you a long time to get back up to speed? Uh, yeah, it would have taken me at least about 10 to 15 weeks. It, um, it wasn't easy. And when, when I made the transition, I was still in the same game as, um, when I raced on controller. Mm-hmm. So I never really got up to my full potential, I think. And then when 2019 came out, it's a new game and everyone's kind of got to reset to yep. that next jump. So I, um, I think I found, I don't know, my pace there, switching over to a new game. So, do you practice often, or does life get in the way, or do you have a schedule, anything like that? Uh, no, not really a schedule. I'd say um, if I if I got time to practice, I'd, I'd probably um, jump on for about ten to fifteen minutes, maybe just do a couple laps here on time trial, and then um, yeah, probably the day before the actual race, I'd 
load up a practice session in online multiplayer mm-hmm. and um yeah just you know do some laps just to try to try to get consistent around the track yeah it's good so if you were going to advise some of the newer guys on how to get faster do you have any tips or pointers the main things that you try and focus on when trying to get quick on a on a track you're not familiar with or a track you're not good at one of the things i found was just trying to get traction down um in in this game getting the power down out of corners is really important and um i also think having the right setup for that definitely helps so um investigate different setups and see what one you you like the most because the person who wins they might be using different setup but that suits them and maybe not you so um try to set things up that you're going to like instead of using other people's setups yeah i agree I, I see a lot of people just grabbing the the fastest setup on the time trial ladder and, and just yeah. using that and that that's not necessarily what's going to be faster for you and i think that's a really good piece of advice like try a few different things uh you know even scroll down to 100 see what he's doing and then give that a go and yeah. see if it makes a difference so, that's yeah that's it time trial setups also i um it's a one lap setup, you know, so you kind of got to make adjustments to that anyway. You can't stick off that. Otherwise you might have too much tire wear throughout the race or, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it's going to be, look out for that. Yeah, for sure. And do you race any other games or are you just sticking to F1? Uh, at the moment I race F1, Project Cars 2 and GD Sport. So oh, nice. Uh, F1's your favorite or you just do the others to break it up or? Uh yeah, I'm in one project cars two league, but um yep. I, I I don't practice that anywhere near as I do for F one. I feel like my pace is really at where F one is and um mm-hmm. yeah, I try to stick to that on most of the um most occasions when I'm on. Yeah, nice. And are you an active follower of F one in real life or you just wouldn't use the game? Yeah, no, I watch F one in real life. I've um it's been a bit of a one-sided season to Mercedes so far, but uh, Red Bull's slowly catching up, so looking forward to see how they can go for the rest of the year. Yeah, there's a lot of potential in that Honda engine for sure. And uh, do you have a, a favourite team or driver? Uh, not really a favourite team. I'm not uh, a big fan on constructors, but I'm Australian, so Daniel Ricciardo has to be my favourite, eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's... It's tough to follow sometimes with uh, back at Renault because they are not fast at all. Yeah, not, not anymore, no. Nah. No, nah. and it, I think it's a big waste of his potential because uh, yeah, that, he can, that's it. he's one of the best wheel-to-wheel racers in there and I know I'm biased because we're Australian, but uh, I honestly believe that and he's been a bit wasted back there, hey? Yeah, well, we've seen what he could do at Monaco last year and... Um, He's now at the Renault, and you saw what he did Monaco this year, and it was nothing compared to um how it was going. So, yeah. I think it's a bit of a waste of potential as well. But um, hopefully, he can get back up to one of those top three teams again. Did you race regional or only in the elite? I race regional as well. So I race on the uh, Tuesday nights down mm-hmm. here, and um Sunday evenings as well. Yeah, nice. When the uh, elite's on. Are you in the Renault on the, so, on yeah. the regional as well, or are you in a different car? I'm in the McLaren for regional, so McLaren in the regional and Renault for elite. Yeah, nice. Is there a favourite car you like to race on that one? Because I've found them all quite different, uh, especially if you have certain views. Yeah, um, compared to last year's game, I pretty much like most of the cars this year. They're all pretty um, 
clean. I like when I have my camera, I like seeing a bit of the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think they'll do that. Besides the Alpha, that, that's the only one I figured that the helmet blocks a bit. So, yeah, I'm not too keen on that. But, yeah, basically all the other cars, I'm pretty happy driving. Yeah, so you race from the angle of the T-bar. You don't race in the cockpit? Yeah, I'm T-bar, yeah. I can nice. see a bit more of the track there. And um, I don't know, I just feel like I can hit apexes a bit cleaner and, mm-hmm. yeah, just find a bit more potential out of it. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, thanks for having a chat to us today and uh, good luck in the future of the series. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, you. It's been good. No problems. Thanks again, mate. Okay, we've had a short break after that interview and now we're going to go to the questions section of the podcast where... Uh, plevs put into the discord chat if you would like questions answered on the podcast and plenty of you threw down some pretty good questions so this could be fairly entertaining i reckon what do you think plevs yeah actually been looking forward to to this um yeah we got some cracking questions so um thanks to everyone on the discord for for the submitting them um yeah see how we go all right well i'll kick it off so we're gonna do we've agreed to do three each so we're going to pick out three questions each to ask the other person so i'm just scrolling through now having a look and i like uh this one here this one's from cruel hopefully i said that right he has asked why do you think less experienced and younger drivers are getting better results than f1 veterans is it because they spend much more time in simulators or something else and i asked this one i really like this question because it relates to race spec esports as well yeah, it does. It kind of, um, I think the younger younger generation, I think they're more, well, it is stereotyping a little bit, but yeah, they're maybe being brought up on on technology a bit more. So they they want to spend the time with the technology. So they want to do simulations and play video games and, and stuff like that. So like and hone, hone their skills uh, that way. So obviously they can't be in the car all the time. So yeah, I think I think the technology that they have has come come a long way. Like the sims they have now are really really um, incredible and pretty true to life. So they can really test the younger drivers against the more experienced drivers and get get pretty realistic and accurate results. So I think that's probably a big part of why some younger guys and with less experience are getting a go because they're showing showing what they're worth in, in the simulations and stuff like that, that they do have, have the pace and ability. So that's why they're getting a chance. Whereas probably maybe 10, 15 years ago when that technology was less, um, less advanced, they, they would probably give the opportunities to guys that have been there and done that a bit more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And it, there's been a, this year, there's been a huge rising, especially with the popularity of Lando Norris and how much he streams uh his simulation racing and he's racing with verstappen he's racing with albon uh on i racing a lot and a lot of people are tuning in and it's sort of created this you know avalanche and a lot of older people who don't know much about you know e-racing and uh, are finding out that oh wow they're, they're full on into the simulators and they're doing it all the time uh, i heard that norris and science in silverstone spent the entire day before uh, practice racing each other on Silverstone in the yeah. McLaren garage. That's that's 
crazy. So, yeah, yeah, I heard that. That's crazy. I think, sorry, the question was pretty specific why they're getting better results than F1 veterans. Oh. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I think that's probably, yeah, I think they're just willing to spend more time in it. Like you said, that giving that example, they, yeah, put the, put the work in, um, whereas some of the veterans maybe are like they just trust in their experience and and knowledge a bit more. So maybe that's that's why um, some of the younger guys are, are doing really well. Um, it's, it's hard to say, really. But, yeah, it's good to see the young guys get a chance, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a bit of changing in the guard at the moment. All right, mm-hmm. you got a question for me? I do. Okay, question from Bespoke F1. Do you think Brendan Lee, eSports champion, um, two times eSports champion, should get the opportunity to drive an F1 car? So I assume that's kind of maybe do a test in an F1 car or something? Yeah. What do you think? So, yeah, he's a pretty incredible uh, simulated driver, um, two-time champion. That's not an easy thing to do, especially in a sort of a newer format. Uh, I believe he's with Mercedes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, correct. And, so he's uh, and it, and his new teammate is uh, an Aussie bloke I used to race against. So yeah, I'm, I'm really um, excited about the series this year. I'm really yeah, excited. same. So Mercedes have turned this kid's life around. He is fit now. He wasn't. I think he's the first to admit he wasn't very fit when he won that first title. Uh, he's mm. you know real professional about what he's doing. Uh, I imagine he'd be one of the fastest on their simulator, even probably up to speed with a lot of their other simulator drivers, if not the best. Should he get an opportunity in F1 car? Yes, if he can physically uh, get his body to that standard, then I don't see why they wouldn't give him a go. Licensing would be his biggest problem. See, so mm. it's not even like he wouldn't have any points toward a super license or any type of license unless he's been racing that I don't know about. If I do, that's a bit of ignorance on my part. But yeah, if if they feel like he won't smash it into a wall, then why not? If, if you've got the time in, in testing, his biggest issue will be they do not like running the cars unnecessarily at any time yes. during the year anymore. So, I mean, it's possible. I mean, the closest example I have is back back in the day, Gran Turismo did whoever won their world championship got a race seat in a real racing car and that guy finished mid-pack in the real season in a real car. So it's not mm. beyond the, the realm of possibility that a uh, eSports driver can get into a real car and succeed. So, yeah. It's interesting um, whether whether online pace, if you like, if, if I can call it that, would translate to, I guess, real world um, because it is, it is so so different. There's yeah, you're not looking at you. Yeah, you're not looking at screen. There's so many other factors like um, the weather is real. The like conditions aren't. You know, yeah, there. Yeah, there's almost unlimited factors. Whereas online, there's obviously uh, only so many possibilities. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think in general it is it is possible. I, I remember I don't know, I don't know when the race of champions is, but there's um, there was an esports driver that beat an ex um, professional driver or maybe he is still a professional driver in a in a one on one, and he'd never never entered a race race before, and he just beat straight up beat this guy. So that's pretty incredible. Um, I think that was all over social media at the time, but um, 
Uh, yeah, Brendan Lee specifically, I think he'd need a lot, need to get a lot of experience in junior formulas and work his way up like anyone else because, um, yeah, I don't think he'd go straight from esports champion to an F1 car. I don't think that's ever going to happen, to be honest. Right. So this sure. one's from uh, Trem. Uh, his handle is the Rocket, the Rock F1. Uh, right now, yep. there are massive changes, so to speak, coming for 2021. Is this going to help the so-called backmarkers get back on a reasonable playing? If I can give a one-word answer, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it looks promising, is what I'd say. Um, so I actually have done... I'm quite interested in this personally, so I, I do know a little bit. Actually, t this evening, they've on the F1 website, they've released... The yeah. release footage footage of a that. a um a fifty percent scale model of a twenty twenty one car in a wind tunnel. So they're they're testing it out, and what they're saying is um that the current cars lose up to fifty percent downforce um from the from following a, another car, like the weight from the car in front, they lose fifty percent downforce, or up to fifty percent, I should say. Mm. And they're saying now uh, from the testing they've done with this model that. In 2021, the cars will only lose five to ten percent. So you've wow. got to say that's an absolutely huge difference, and the slipstream will be incredibly powerful. So I'm not sure they'll even need yeah, they DRS. Take away DRS. Yeah, hugely promising, and that and that's due to a whole new a whole new aerodynamic philosophy, basically, um, where they're using ground effect um, as the primary kind of source of downforce for the cars. Um, there's a new rear wing concept as well, um, but it was interesting that they they um, specifically mentioned that the front wing design is yet to kind of be confirmed or like they're, they're still not sure about that. So looks like they've got most of it worked out, but I still need to work on the front wing um, because yeah. they, I think that's the biggest area where the car in front disturbs the air for the car, car following kind of thing. So um it's called dirty air, isn't it? So yeah, they're gonna make a front wing that's kind of um, fits the model basically, where they're trying to promote this minimal wake from the cars behind, so they can follow each other, which would be really cool. Um, there's some other big changes as well, not not just like the car specifications, but like the what the teams can do. So let's talk about budget caps and um, uh, what else is there? Um, there's actually, there's going to be an engine, a small engine regulation change. I think they're doing one of the MGU units. So I don't know if it's the kinetic or the heat, but I think one of them is being removed. Okay. It's the one, it's the one Renault always has a problem with. When they first announced regulations, they, they said that they're going to fine tune them and tweak them until, until they're confident that the, all the cars will be within something like two tenths or two of each other or something, which would just be incredible like that's that's a, that's basically a completely new sport of what formula one is now so mm. it would be amazing if they could achieve something close to that but yeah it is a completely new direction some people are gonna i, I think i think it's going to be a bit of a shock to be honest um for some formula one fans and i think i don't think it'll go down well particularly well um with a lot of people but i think maybe once if, if it does work how they want it to and and there's closer racing and there's more people or different drivers getting getting on the podium and stuff like that like um 
what what you see now is oh so sick of Hamilton and Bottas being like winning every race kind of thing. So you know if it mix it mixed up the race results and and it gives the drivers more of a chance to to show that um, they can make more of a difference than the car, then I think that's going to be amazing. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I have my fingers crossed, and yeah, hopefully it'll come to that. I'm, I'm mm. all for closer racing, so and different guys on the podium. So we'll see how we go. All right, you got another one? Absolutely. All right, here's an interesting one from um, Pablo0941. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're starting a brand new Formula 1 team, and you could pick any two drivers you wanted. Who are you taking? I am. Mm-hmm. I'd take Verstappen as my first driver. Uh, just youth, probably one of the best drivers out there. Those two things going together can't go past Verstappen. Second driver is a little interesting. Uh, without notice, I mean, Hamilton's getting on. Do you want that experienced driver or are we just going to go two guys who are going to race each other for ages? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough one, isn't it's it? It's really, really tough. tough. It's really tough because on one Why not hand... Gasly? You're going to give, give Gasly a Yeah, I'll give Gasly a go. <laughs> nah, if, um, do I want the experienced guy or want to have another up-and-comer and create like a dynasty? I think if I was going to go experienced next to Verstappen... I would probably take, I mean, the obvious one is just to go Hamilton and then replace him with someone else. But if I was going to go youth, I think I would go George Russell. I think, yeah, Yeah, he's just, his professionalism and I think he is faster based on F2. and, And yeah, just the head on his shoulders seems like he's a guy you'd want in your team at the moment i mm. think he's faster than norris and that but he's just hasn't had the chance yet and he's he's world championship material that guy he's just he signed a contract with williams which is fine he, he may have a pathway that he's already mapped out through there and yeah no I, i'm happy with that verstappen and and russell uh all right i've got another one for you uh we're gonna move away from f1 i think this is more to race back esports um mm-hmm. So, XP22 wanted to know what the future of the league was. Specifically, will you take it to other games outside of F1? It's a bit early to tell, to be honest. I think it's baby steps for now. Mm. Um, it's probably already a lot bigger than I thought it would be at this stage. Um, I think I said that in episode one, where we like ended up recruiting more drivers and having more leagues than... Um, yeah. I thought might be possible, yeah. might be possible for a first season. So you never know. Like if, if if there's interest, I would definitely wouldn't rule it out. Like if people, if there's something that people want to do and people say they're interested, then yeah, I, I can certainly try and make it happen. But um, from a personal point of view, I don't I don't play a lot of other video games. So I actually. I have a racing wheel, but F1 is the only racing game I own. <laughs> so I don't. I know. I know a lot of guys race GT Sports and um, and Forza on the Xbox, and maybe even iRacing. Um, if some guys have that, um, I'm not quite sure. So I think Sharky followed up. 
Yeah, he wanted to know if he could question. do famous stuff like Indy 500, 24 mm. Le Mans, if we could drive or rotate, things like that. Well, I guess first and foremost, for that to be possible, everyone would have to have the game that that you could do that on and the, or the platform, the platform and the game. So um, I guess it's difficult because at the moment we're like we're basically on three consoles, so or two consoles and PC, um, and yeah, I don't really know enough about how we would do that. But look, bottom line is, if it's if it's possible and people want to do it, we can we can certainly look at it. So, is looking pretty bright. I think from, but I think our biggest or our main focus rather would be just to kind of run um, a, a successful first season on F1 2019, and then maybe look at expansion depending on. Yeah, what people want to do. So, I think for now we'll where I, I certainly have enough on um, as it is. So, yeah, I may anything like that would be down the track. But yeah, I'm not going to rule it out for sure. So, yeah, that sounds good. If you're going to do something, do it well before you try and expand massively mm-hmm. and it all collapses in on itself. So, uh, as long as people are having a good time with what's happening right now, I don't see any problems with that. And yeah, it sounds like everything is tracking smoothly um we've got one time for one more one last one one last one. Oh, there's so many good ones should we do four each or is all good we'll do three okay we'll, we'll um, do three each and we'll try to keep the podcast in a in a nice little time frame true that's that's a good point um all right we'll end on a bit of a um a lighter note my good friend john jumped the line and asked uh, do apples taste better whole or sliced? This is probably the toughest question we've had. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to sliced. Sliced. 100%. Uh, don't ask me to scientifically explain it. I'm just saying that that's, that's the answer. How's that sound? Wow. <laughs> Short and sweet. I feel, like I, need sweet. To, I feel like I need to ask Lando Norris and he'll be able to give me a, a top-notch answer. Yeah, um, I am going to say it doesn't matter. <laughs> an apple tastes like an apple, whether it's whole or sliced. I eat mine whole, um, so yeah. I, I think, don't I think really we've have, got don't far, really far too deep now in that question. <laughs> <laughs> cool, all right. Should we leave it there? Yeah, perfect. All right, so... Thank you, everyone, for listening again. I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode of the podcast. Questions can go into the podcast questions channel in Discord. You can hit us up on Facebook, uh, Twitter, comments section. We might put this one on YouTube now as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just get involved, guys. If you if you want to race, race. Um, if you want to contact us and, and keep the discussion going, go for it in the Discord. But thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you all again on the next podcast. Thanks, plebs. See you next time, Maddie.